Hi everyone, Larry Bailey here with Awesome Technologies Inc. bringing you another weekly newsletter. Today is January 8th, 2024. We're going to go through the week of January 1st, 2024. Um, but before we do that, well, we want to thank the MBS Highway, who is your trusted source for mortgage market intelligence, for bringing you this weekly newsletter. And we also want to thank Awesome Technologies Inc. to help you with everything regarding mortgage technology. So if you are a service provider or you are an end user and as a client, whether you're leveraging the Encompass platform or Byte or Meridian Link, we can help you with all that, even if you have your own custom proprietary platform. Um, we've got developers that can handle everything you throw at them. So give us a shot, give us a chance, and we'll show you what we're talking about. Reach out to me directly uh, using Larry at ATIHelps.com if you want to reach out to me directly. Thank you. Here we go. On to the week for January 1st, 2024. Job growth beat expectations in December, but is the labor sector as strong as the headlines imply? Plus, the minutes from the Fed's last meeting suggest rate cuts are ahead, though the timing remains unclear. So here's the highlight stories we're going to go through today. First one is job growth less rosy than it appears. The next story is private sector job growth beats expectations. The next story is job openings hit a two-year low. The next story is unemployment filings likely impacted by the holidays. And the last story is Fed minutes suggest rate cuts are likely. So the first, uh, first story here is job growth less rosy than it appears. And if you're listening to this on podcast, that's great. You can also follow along on screen with a screen share here of everything that we're going through. If you head over to the mortgage.community and get over to the market update section. So the image shows the Bureau of Labor Statistics, that's the BLS, they reported that there were 216,000 jobs created in December, which is stronger than 170,000 that were forecasted. However, revisions to October and November removed 71,000 jobs in those months combined. So the unemployment rate held steady at 3.7%. Bottom line here, gang, is that while job, headline job growth figure for December appears strong on the surface, future revisions lower are a very real possibility. Job creations were slashed for almost every month last year in subsequent reports to the tune of nearly 500,000 less jobs than originally reported. In addition, there are two reports within the, job, the jobs report, and there's a fundamental difference between them. We've talked about this before. First one is a survey, and that's where the headlines come from. And the next one is a household survey where people actually get called, like, hey, do you have a job? So the, this survey, um, it, it showed 683,000 job losses. So you've got this algorithm thing, you've got the phone call thing, um, and together it comes up. So just so you know, as of note, the average weekly hours uh, worked also declined slightly, which is an important one because this is a way businesses cut costs, but not the number of workers. So on average, the entire labor force is now working 30 minutes fewer per week, which basically equates to 2 million job losses just on its own. <clears throat> Excuse me. The next story is private sector job growth beats expectations. So here's the ADP employment report that came out last week, and it showed that private payrolls were stronger than forecasted in December as employers added 164,000 jobs, quote, led by a healthy bump in leisure and hospitality hiring, close quote. Almost all of this growth came in service-provided industries while goods-producing companies only added 9,000 jobs. Annual pay for job stayers increased 5.4%, while job changers saw an average of 8%. These things are about on average for where they've been, um, but way, way down from last year. So the bottom line here is Neil Richardson, who's the chief economist for ADP, noted that, quote, 
we're returning to a labor market that's very much aligned with pre-pandemic hiring, close quote. She also explained that, quote, while wages don't drive the recent bout of inflation, now that pay growth has retreated, any risk of wage price spiral has also almost all but disappeared, close quote. So um, next story is job openings hit a two-year low. So the latest job openings and labor turnover uh, survey, JOLTS report, showed that job openings fell from 8.85 million in October to less than forecasted 8.79 million in November. While this is the lowest level since March of 21, uh, the hiring rate dropped from 3.7% to 3.5%, while the quit rate, these are people just flat out quitting, that also declined from 2.3% to 2.2%. All of this together suggests there's a lack of employers trying to entice workers um, with other offers. Bottom line here is while the Fed watches this report to monitor the slack or the elasticity in the labor market, there are also flaws in the data. The increase in working from home means job listings are being posted in multiple states more frequently. And because of this, the jolts total could be a little bit skewed um, to being a little bit higher than it actually is. Uh, the next story is unemployment filings likely impacted by holidays. We see this every end of year. And initial jobless claims fell by 18,000 in the latest week as 202,000 people file for unemployment benefits for the very first time. Continuing claims also declined by 31,000 with 1.855 million people, million people still receiving benefits after filing their initial claims. A lot of people. So what's the bottom line here is initial jobless claims are historically lower during the holiday season as layoffs tend to wane before Christmas and New Year's. And while continuing claims fell in the latest week, they had been trending higher and they, that points to a weakening labor market where it's much harder for people to find employment once they're let go. Uh, the next story is Fed minutes suggest rates cut. Likely, you probably heard this in the news a lot over the last uh, week or so. And so the minutes from the Fed's December meeting show that there is a growing sense among Fed members that inflation is under control. And this means uh, that the Fed has cited that the decline that we've seen in their favorite inflation measure, favorite inflation measure, which is the core personal consumption expenditures, also known as PCE, and that strips out the volatile food and energy prices and the Fed also acknowledged that there's a risk to the economy if they remain, quote, overly restrictive, meaning rates are too high. So bottom line here is after hiking their benchmark Fed funds rate, which is the overnight rate uh, between banks when they borrow from each other, they, they, they hiked that 11 times since March of 22 to slow the economy and to tame inflation. Um, and almost all of the participants indicated that a lower Fed funds rate would be appropriate by the end of this year, 2024. However, the minutes did not provide any insights regarding when the rate cuts might occur, so stay tuned. And to cover their bases, of course, the Fed noted that there was, quote, an unusually elevated degree of uncertainty, close quote, and that further hikes to the Fed funds rate are still possible. And they do that to make sure people don't start guessing on what they're going to do, um, just to play their, uh, their hedge on that. Family Hack of the Week, uh, you'll especially enjoy this National Bittersweet Chocolate Day on January 10th. There's a thing for every day. You're going to enjoy these with rigid, chewy, and decadent, salty, chocolatey cookies, courtesy of the New York Times. This recipe will give you about 24 cookies. So uh, you're going to preheat the oven to 350 degrees Fahrenheit, and you're going to line two baking sheets with parchment paper. If you haven't, don't have that, go get some. In a small pot, you're going to melt six tablespoons of unsalted butter uh, over medium heat. It's also called sweet butter. Uh, until it starts to foam and brown, which is usually around three to four minutes. 
You're going to whisk it to keep the solids from sticking. And you're going to, once that's done, set that aside to cool down. In a medium bowl, whisk two and a half cups of confectioner sugar. It's powdery stuff. Three quarters cup unsweetened cocoa powder and one tea, teaspoon of kosher salt. Using a spatula, mix in two large white eggs. Uh, I'm sorry, I said that totally backwards. Mix in two large egg whites, so no yolks. One large egg with the yolk and browned butter mixture that you had. Mix all that up until it's smooth. Add in eight ounces of chopped bittersweet chocolate and one half cup of chopped nuts, such as hazelnuts, pecans, or walnuts to your liking. Use a spoon, drop quarter-sized amounts of dough under the baking sheet spaced about two inches apart. Sprinkle flaky sea salt on top of that and bake until cookies have flattened, which is about eight to ten minutes. Let cool before enjoying. That sounds really good. And so here's where you're going to look for this week while you're eating those wonderful cookies. You're going to look for key inflation reports because those have the potential to move markets, and those start with December's Consumer Price Index that's released this Thursday. The Producer Price Index, which measures wholesale inflation, that'll be reported on Friday. And uh, also of note, the latest job claims will be delivered on Thursday, while investors will also be closely watching Wednesday's 10-year note and Thursday's 30-year bond auctions for level of demand. While you're doing all that, if you have anything that you ever need automated or you need your workflow reviewed or you just want to talk to somebody who knows what the heck they're doing in the Encompass platform, in the Meridian Link platform, or in the Byte platform, reach out to me. My name's Larry Bailey. You can email me using larry at atihelps.com. You guys make it a great week. We'll see you next week. Take care. Bye-bye.